this morning we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. Or I can never say it right, but Americans say it slightly different. Thanksgiving, something like that. But I, that's my best American Thanksgiving effort right there. I don't know about you, but I, this week in, in preparing for this morning, I started thinking about uh, just the history and tradition of Thanksgiving. And one of the things I kind of uh, was a little bit humbled by is I actually didn't know much about the tradition of, or, or the history of Canadian Thanksgiving. Maybe you're like me, where our, our neighbors to the south really have kind of taken this holiday over and they kind of own it, it seems like. But Canada has its own unique history. In fact, both Thanksgiving in the U.S. and in Canada, we're not the first place where Thanksgiving celebrations originated. Uh, in Europe there, and European countries, they had a celebration at harvest time well before uh, uh, people from Europe immigrated to, to Canada and to the United States. So let's look quickly this morning, before we dive into our message, a little bit about the history of Thanksgiving in Canada, because outside of probably two or three of us, you might all be in the same boat as me. Maybe I'll check here. How many of you know the history of Thanksgiving in Canada? Flora. Okay. So if we forget from this morning, ask Flora afterwards. Okay. So here we go. We have to go back all the way to the year 1578. Marlow was a three-year-old boy at this point. 1578. And the first instance of what many historians consider the first Thanksgiving in Canada. Now, uh, in search of the Northwest Passage, voyager Martin Frobisher, the handsome gentleman that should be on the, uh, the slide in front of you, and his men lost one of their 15 ships to icy conditions as they were looking to do the Northwest Passage, preventing the expedition from continuing at that time. The team's traveling minister then offered a sermon offering thanks for their onward success and survival. Throughout the 18th and 19th centuries, special days of Thanksgiving were held in various parts of what is now Canada. Uh, they would often be held at different points of the year and different days. During the American Revolution, individuals and families who remained loyal to Britain moved from the newly found United States north to Canada, bringing with them the more formalized customs of the American Thanksgiving, like turkey, pumpkin pie, and all the trimmings. By this time, different regions of Canada celebrated Thanksgiving on different dates, often associating the day with success in military affairs. Between 1850 and 1865, Thanksgiving was observed six times, typically in response to a specific event. So the feast was periodic rather than regularized. However, 1879, uh, Thanksgiving was declared a national holiday in Canada, observed annually and on one specific day. With that, the day changed from year to year. In 1918, Thanksgiving was proclaimed to be celebrated on the Monday of Armistice Week in order to give thanks for the ending of World War I. Since 1957, however, this holiday has been set for the second Monday of October for all of Canada and remains so this day. Uh, Canadian Thanksgiving, obviously, is earlier than American Thanksgiving. A lot of that has to do with climate and when our harvest comes in. Unlike our American counterparts, Canadian Thanksgiving is not as nationally celebrated, nor does it have as many ingrained traditions. In Quebec, uh, Thanksgiving is actually not as, as widely celebrated, and this has a lot to do with the Protestant roots of the Thanksgiving holiday. 
because the Catholic Church was such a fundamental part of uh, Quebec as a nation, it just was not embraced the same. The Atlantic provinces don't actually hold Thanksgiving as a statutory holiday to this day. There's no big parade, although I'm told there's a small one somewhere in Ontario. Maybe someone has one in their backyard. Uh, we get only one stat day instead of two stat days off. And we don't line up at 2 a.m. in the morning to try and get a good discount on TVs the day after we eat turkey in Canada. So we do Thanksgiving a, a little different. So uh, this morning as we talk about the, the idea of giving thanks, of Thanksgiving, uh, I want to take just a minute here. Some of you, it's your first day with us here at ECC. I'm going to ask us all to step out of our comfort zone a little bit, and I'm going to give you two minutes. And I want you to turn around to someone who's close by you and quickly go around in groups of like three, three or four, your choice there, but quickly share what are the traditions that you have for yourself, for your family on Thanksgiving. I'm going to give you two minutes, so don't hesitate. Just the closest three, four people, just quickly glue together. If you have five, I won't point you out. Go quickly, your Thanksgiving tradition. Okay, we got one minute, one minute left. All right, 20 seconds. If you haven't shared the floor yet, make sure someone else gets an opportunity. 20 seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. I'm sure that for all of us, again, there's, there's probably a variety, maybe some similarities. I know someone this morning was talking about having Thanksgiving ham. I don't know if that's sacrilege to do ham at Thanksgiving for some of you. But I'm sure all of us have, have kind of different traditions that we grew up with. For me and my family... When we celebrated Thanksgiving together, it could look different all the time. Sometimes we did our Thanksgiving dinner on, on Sundays. Sometimes we did it on Mondays. Uh, but usually there would be turkey involved. Usually a football game would somehow end up on, on the TV or a movie. 
following Turkey, there would definitely be some napping. Uh, I lived in BC, so we had nice weather, and usually I'd go outside and play basketball. Then I would eat again. But there was one tradition that we always had that was set in place. Maybe your family did the same thing, and that is before we would do the meal, as you could smell the aroma of the food, my dad would say, all right, now let's take turns of giving thanks. What are we thankful to God for? Now, as a kid, uh, I, I didn't always necessarily appreciate this tradition because, A, I'm starving and there's delicious food sitting right in front of me getting cold. But, B, you would think that I'd think way more ahead. As I got older, I got on top of this, but I'd always, what, what do I say? What do I say? What am I thankful for? What are we thankful for? I don't know if that's part of your tradition, but it's really core to the whole holiday of Thanksgiving. Again, it it was tied in traditionally. If you go back before the United States, before Canada, in Europe, it was tied with the idea of harvest. It was giving thanks for what God had given, what we had to be able to feed ourselves, especially through the winter. So I want to talk about this idea of thanks and what scripture teaches us about it. So first thing today, I want to talk about is that giving thanks is part of the very DNA of a Christ follower. Psalms 95, 2 and 3 says this, Let us come before him, before God, with thanksgiving, and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is great, the great king above all gods. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. I'm just going to read this quick. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. In other words, give thanks all the time, for this is God's will, his desire for you. Giving thanks is to be part of our very DNA and how we operate as Christ followers. It's part of that new person that God's made us into. Each one of you, part of who you are, has to do with the family of origin that you come from. There's an imprint from the the parents that you had and how they taught you, what they taught you. If your last name is Deardall, which is not very many people, if your last name is Deardall, you have an ingrained ability to know where to find coupons. It's part of my DNA. Not because I was born with it, but rather I received that from the mentoring and tutelage of my father. My wife learned that quickly. I don't like to ever go to the grocery store without knowing something's on sale. And I love to buy anything that's on sale. Giving thanks is a reflection of our dad. It's a reflection of him and his character. And as a Christ follower, it really is, should be at the core of who we are. It should be a hallmark and trait of us. I ask you the, the question I had to ask myself this week. How much does verbal expression of thankfulness make it into your everyday, regular conversation? How often do words of thankfulness come out of your mouth? The cheapest and, e- and laziest way to live in our world is to join the masses that simply complain. And talk about how things stink. There's no easier way than to fit in. I learned this quickly growing up in high school especially. You become jaded because you know everything. I learned quickly the easiest way to get along is to complain about my teachers. To complain about the classes. To complain about things that don't work. It's the laziest way to live. But it's also a hopeless, lifeless, and joyless way to connect with others. 
Part of your DNA, if you have a relationship with Jesus, is to have a heart of thankfulness. Second thing I want us to look at this morning is that thanksgiving, giving thanks, is a choice, not an emotion. Again, that verse in 1 Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice or be joyful, be well, be glad, always, always. For many, it makes sense to be joyful when things are good. To be joyful the day you get your first car or the time he pops the question and she says yes. The day you get promoted or your team wins the championship game or you find out that Sobeys has finally stocked the shelves with eggnog again for this year. All those times seem easy to rejoice in natural. But God's word says to rejoice always at all times. But what about the difficult times? What about when life doesn't go the way that we want it to? What about when we face legitimate, really difficult circumstances? How can I have joy in difficult times? Here Paul promises us joy. Joy for a Christ follower is not determined by our circumstances, nor our emotions. Joy and pain and sadness, those things aren't actually mutually exclusive. Your emotions aren't to be stuffed or ignored, but they also aren't to be served. We live in a world that actually preaches this, that your emotions are actually your God. But if you are a Christ follower, there is no other gods before me. That includes our emotions. No matter how tantalizing, some things just aren't to be served. You are to have one master. And that master is actually not supposed to be your emotions. Unconditional joy is actually available for a Christ follower. But it is only attainable when we take the rest of the mathematical equation, as I see it, that we, that we read here in this ver- set of verses, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. And if we reverse it, it's unconditional joy equals pray continually plus giving thanks. When we pray continually... We are connected in conversation with God. That's what prayer is. So to speak regularly with God is to be tied into God, to be tied into his heart, into his desire. And we are to give thanks in all circumstances. Unconditional joy equals pray continually plus giving thanks. Both the actions of prayer and giving thanks are a choice. The giving of thanks isn't about emotion or how we feel. It is a choice. It is a posturing and an aligning ourselves with God's desire. See, just like prayer, many times in my life, I don't want to pray. Now, maybe some of you have never 
face that in your life. But there are times in my life where I don't want to pray. When it's five minutes left in the third period of, of a tied hockey game, and the flames are making an amazing comeback, and God puts on my heart, it's time to pray, I don't want to right now. To pray is a choice. Prayer means aligning myself with God. It means giving up my right to be my own God and actually turning to him. Giving of thanks is equally a choice. When I sit at the table and I sit down for a meal, I'm not always going to be thankful, feel emotionally happy and excited about the food that's in front of me. When my mom baked fish when I was a kid, I wasn't filled with glee when I showed up for supper. But it is a choice to give thanks. It's a choice to recognize that I actually don't own any of that. When I align myself with God and I am in prayer constantly with him, connected with him, speaking with him. It also helps me to realize that everything that is in my life is not my own, but God has provided it for me. And so I give thanks for it. To give thanks. To actually verbally express thankfulness to God in all circumstances. In everything we face. Requires me again to align my thinking to realize that what I have been gifted it's allowing God to readjust me and give me proper perspective for life. First Timothy chapter six, starting in verse six, reads this but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world. And we can take nothing out of it. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment. To be contented with one's lot or thankful for it. I want you to imagine with me for a moment. I randomly just chose a picture of a car. It's pretty close to the car that I own. It looks similar. But I want you to imagine a father who has a young daughter who's turning 16 and this father wants to bless his daughter. And so for her 16th birthday, because she's going to be able to drive now, the father goes out and he buys this beautiful, beautiful sports car for her. And he puts it out in the driveway and he puts a big bow on it. And they do her birthday supper. And then he goes, I want you to go to the driveway. I have a surprise for you. And he takes her out to the driveway, excited to give this gift, so pumped to see her reaction. And she walks outside and she goes, oh, dad, it's red. I wanted a black car. And brown leather? Ugh. I dad, this is totally not what I wanted. If you were standing there watching that, what would you think about that young woman? What would be your impression? How many of you would feel sorry for her? Do we have great empathy? Yeah, we have great empathy for her. 
It's amazing how we define what it means to be spoiled or to be blessed. Most of the time, we've bought into the cultural perception of that. I understand if I'm blessed by comparing how much I have compared to the person beside me. That's not a biblical understanding of what it means to be blessed. That's not a biblical way to actually understand what we have. Rather, it's looking at what we deserve and what we've been given. And so many times in our lives, as, as much as we'd have a reaction to a girl who would re, who'd react to a beautiful sports car like that and complain, we do the very same thing to God often. We forget how blessed we are and how much we have been given. We compare it to our neighbor who maybe has a little bit more. Or maybe our neighbor doesn't, but someone else, a friend of ours who does, or a sibling or a family member, or parents, or people at work. We've been given so much, but sometimes we don't actually take account of what we've been given. See, God made it clear in the verse that if, you, if you've been in church for any length of time, I'm sure you've heard by now, which is this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That God loved mankind, he loved you and me so much that he saw us unable, unable to deserve his love, unable to receive true eternal life. That he gave his own son so that we could have that. That's something worth giving thanks over. So how can I be joyful and thankful during difficult times? Ephesians 4, 4 4-7 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say again, rejoice. Remember that word, rejoice, joy, that we talked about earlier. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with, what's the next word? Let's try it again. What's that next word? I'm going to be annoying here. Let's try it one more time. What's the next word? Ah, there we go. The guy who is sleeping just woke up and went, Thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So how can I be joyful during difficult times quickly? One, don't be anxious. Now, I know that's easier said than done. In fact, just leaving it at that don't be anxious is almost rude to say, especially if you're someone who struggles with anxiety. But don't be anxious. This word here, do not be anxious, means to be troubled with cares or to seek to promote one's interests. In other words, don't try to control. Don't try to make it happen. I wrote this down as I was just meditating on what God wanted me to share this morning. Anxiety is the mind trying to control those things it knows that it can't. Don't try and control the things you know you can't. Do not be anxious. But with that, that's not a stop, that's not a period. Do not be anxious, but pray. 
Instead of trying to promote your own interests, instead of trying to somehow manipulate and make things happen the way you want, pray. Come to God and share your concerns. Ask him to intervene, to step in, to change the dynamic, to change the circumstance, but also to change you, to make things right in his eyes and help you to see it the same way he does. This word that it says to pray with supplication. Supplication means seeking and asking and treating to God or to man, to petition or to come to God repeatedly, to pray constantly, not just once, but pray. Third, come with thanksgiving. Remind yourself of who God is and what he has done. Look back on the miracles he has done before you. What he has kept you from and what he's brought you through. Remember the challenges and the things that used to seem huge, but God's already answered in the past. Recognize that. Constantly bring that back. Thank God for it. Be reminded of it because it's meant as a testimony to remind you for the future of the challenges that you face. Take time in your regular rhythm of life for thanksgiving. This is something I'm trying to do with my son. As we do every night before he goes to bed, what are we thankful for? Which nine times out of ten comes down to food and TV shows, even if he's not allowed to watch TV, which is most days. But we're working on it because I hope that he develops an attitude and a posture of understanding thankfulness, being a regular part of the rhythm of his life, to give thanks. And then finally with that, We pray, come with thanksgiving. We're not anxious. And with that, the peace of God. When we position ourselves not as the ultimate God and authority to make things right, when we stop trying to make things happen, when we stop trying to control, we express our hearts, desires, and concerns to the one who is God, good and able, and seek him and spend time with him giving praise and thanksgiving to him as we remember who he is and his goodness. Then we can have a peace that surpasses understanding. We can have peace and joy even in difficult circumstances. Our thought patterns can lead us to a place of rest and joy. This was ultimately exemplified for us by Jesus himself during the Last Supper. Right before he was crucified, in a moment, we're going to be giving time to remember and give thanks and celebrate the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus by participating in communion together. As we prepare for that, I want to share these thoughts before we conclude In her book, 1,000 Gifts, Anne Voskamp describes her route through pain and loss, her journey to joy through thanksgiving. She gives insight into Jesus' sacrifice of thanksgiving at the Last Supper. We read these words in the book of Luke. And he, meaning Jesus, took bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it and he gave it to them. 
In the original language, he gave thanks reads Eucharistio. The root word of this is charis, meaning grace. Jesus took the bread and saw it as grace. And he gave thanks. He took the bread and knew it to be the gift and gave thanks. Eucharistio, or thanksgiving, envelops the Greek word for grace, charis. But it also holds its derivative, the Greek word kara, meaning joy. Deep kara, deep joy is found only at the table of Eucharisto, the table of thanksgiving. He took bread and gave thanks. Even as he was moments away from the incomprehensible suffering he would face. By the whips that would rip his flesh. By the nails that would pierce. By the blood that was shed and the body that was broken for you and me. He gave thanks. Eucharistio is the word Jesus whispered. When death prowled close and his anguish trickled down bloody, he took the bread, the bread that would represent his body, his own death. We tend to make gratitude and joy conditional events, attaching the word when to feelings of thankfulness and joy. When everything in life comes together the way we want it to, we rationalize it. Then we'll be grateful and joyful. When I finally have sufficient income, I'll be joyful. When the stress of my job improves, I'll be happy. When my health is better, I'll be joyful. When I'm not stretched in a thousand directions, I'll have time to be grateful and joyful. When my children straighten their lives, I'll I'll be happy. When my spouse and I are in perfect unity, then I'll be joyful. But we see from Jesus' example, we are to give thanks in all things at all times, even in the midst of imperfect circumstances. When we do, we will have joy. Not just in ideal situations, but joy in affliction and difficult days. This morning, we have the opportunity to participate in and remember that Jesus chose to give his life for you and me. That he broke the bread and gave thanks. The ushers are going to come forward at this time. They're going to distribute uh, the communion emblems. If you want to hold on to the cracker and the cup of juice, if you're visiting with us today, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you are welcomed and invited to join with us in this. If not, don't worry. You can feel free just to pass the plates along. If you want to hold on to those emblems and I'll lead us as we take them all together, the worship team is just going to lead us in in a time of song. As they do, can we take these moments... To again come to Jesus and to give thanks for what he has done and he has given to us.
if you'll stand with me. I'm going to read from Paul's words and instructions to the church in 1 Corinthians. So he says, For I pass on to you what I've received from the Lord Jesus himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you do this to remember me. This morning we take the bread in remembrance of him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood do this to remember me as often as you drink it for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again let's take the cup together
Thank you, Lord. In your own words, just express thankfulness this morning. Be specific and tell God what you are grateful for, what you are thankful for today. Hmm. Jesus, thank you that you gave so I could live. God, that you didn't count my sin against me. That you paid and called me worthy. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask before you uh, sit down if you can pass cups to the inside rows. The ushers are going to come, they're just going to collect those. I just want to share a couple more thoughts before Pastor Jeff's going to come and just close our, our time together this morning. Thanksgiving is so pivotal in our lives for so many reasons. We live in Canada, so this particular weekend is set aside as a time to give thanks. But as a Christ follower, thanksgiving is to be a regular part of the rhythm of how I live my life. It again aligns me with God, his good purposes, his vision for my life. But for those of you this morning that feel lost, that feel numb, that feel confused, that feel like you're just waiting in the middle of the ocean, Thanksgiving is the gateway to joy. Psalms 100 verse 4 reads this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, to God. Bless his name. In Psalms 1611, In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is the route to joy in our lives. Entering into God's courts, into his presence, spending time with him and giving thanks to him. Giving thanksgiving. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. It might seem backwards because we're used to giving thanks after we've received, but rather in God's economy and his kingdom, it it works a flip way. We give thanks. We enter into his presence with thanksgiving. His courts with praise. And in his presence is fullness of joy. Let me pray with you this morning. God, thank you for this time that many of us are going to have. Some of us with family members, some with friends. Some of us maybe even just privately on our own. But got opportunity to remember and to give time to reflect on what we've been blessed with. God, we want to give you thanks today. Thank you most of all for your son that you've given for us. I pray if there's someone here this morning that has not yet received that gift, that God so loved that he gave his one son, Jesus, so that we could have right relationship with you and life forever. If there's someone here today, I pray that they would have the courage just to say, God, I want to receive that gift. Please forgive me for my sin. Come in and fill me with joy. Fill me with your life. I pray for all of us. 
Can we make this not a a one routine because it's Thanksgiving Sunday or Monday? But God, I pray, can you make this a regular pattern for us and teach us what it is to live a life of thankfulness? Remind us what we've been given today. And when we go out from here to share the good news that we've received. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jeff.